Unsilencing Stories is a podcast that reflects the voices of people in small towns and communities in Canada who have lost loved ones to the toxic drug supply crisis. Since 2016, more than 30,000 people have died from fatal overdoses in Canada, and that number continues to climb. The risk in smaller towns and communities is much higher than in urban areas because of a lack of harm reduction services and stigma against substance use and people who use drugs. This podcast is part of a community-based participatory research project facilitated by Erin Goodman, PhD, a faculty member at Kwatlen Polytechnic University in Surrey, BC, along with students Jenna Keeble and Ashley Pokernich. The aim was to assist collaborators in publicly memorializing their loved ones and expressing grief, as well as challenging silences imposed by dominant media organizations and stigma from society against substance use and people who use drugs. We hope these nuanced stories make a clear why the government needs to be doing more to prevent further deaths. Please note, this podcast contains information about overdose death, grief, and trauma that may be distressing to listen to. In this episode, you'll hear Corey Hurt interviewing Jamie Berg in Cranbrook, BC, about Jamie's ex-partner, Timothy Atkinson, who died from an opioid overdose in Edmonton, Alberta. Okay, so tell me your first name, Jamie. Jamie Lynn. Okay, where do you live, Jamie? I I live right now in Cranbrook, British Columbia, Canada. And people call it Death Valley. Is there a person you'd like to speak about who died or from an overdose? There's many people. Right now, I'll just uh, bring up one. My oldest daughter's dad just Just passed away this morning. They found him, and he never used opiates. He's been, I guess, clean off, like, alcohol or any kind of drugs for a while. But he's been fighting cancer. But uh, I don't know, they, I guess he died of an overdose. I don't know how. Because he was against it. He was just talking to his daughter, my daughter, yesterday when they found him this morning. Can you tell me their first name? Timothy Mark Atkinson. Everybody knows him as Tiny. He was a tattooist. Where did he live, if I can ask? He lived in Edmonton, Alberta. He... He had a tattoo shop out there called Tiny's Tats. He was trained by Paul Jeffries at Smiling Buddha and then also Tattoo Town, like in Lethbridge for a mm-hmm. long time. We were, we were together for six years. Describe the last moment that you guys shared together. What was the last time you seen him? Last time I seen him was Nevaeh would have been about two, three. Nevaeh is 13 now, so that would be 11 years ago. Wow. And we were 11 years apart, I think. Wow. What do you remember most about it, like, about him? Uh, he was super funny. Like, super funny, yeah? The first time I met him, he was, like, in a big, long black trench. And, like, very gothic-looking, and he's six foot three, and he had a big tattoo on the side of his head, and full-sleeve tattoos. And What did it say on the side of his head? It is a tribal, it's tribal work, right here. Oh, what? Does it go down his face, too, like, down right. the side? No, just, just right here. I don't know. No, I haven't seen him for a long time, eh? He made it into Pain Magazine, he did a tattoo from here, all the way down some guy's back of his head, all the way down to his tailbone. But, yeah, he, he's just a funny guy, like, the first night I met him, we went to Tattoo Town Bar, then he gave me this tattoo. I was going to say, do you have any work from him? You should, huh? Yeah. And, uh, oh, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, he gave you that. Yeah, he did that one. That was, like, 20... Three years ago, so Autumn was born in wow. 2002 in Fernie. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, Tell me your best memory. The best memory was uh, 
delivering autumn but uh we went on a road trip up to go see his mom and was, like everybody we we took a our little chevy short van 1979 and like nice. we went up through turn valley like, i don't know if you know where that is Black chevy short van? is that like a hippie van Canascus country Canascus country Canascus. i was gonna say yeah yeah and we went up to Blue Rock, and it's wicked waterfalls. You could drink out of the water then. Like, I've been there. Out of the river. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's super nice. Super nice. Okay, and what is your most vivid memory of him? When he wiped out on the BMX when we were riding I... it to, to for, or we were riding him to Hosmer to go see my sister, and he okay. always tries to show off. So he want I ride the BMX. So he wanted yeah. to ride it. He jacked the tire with a seat way up past the handlebars. And he went to go do a hop, and the seat kicked him in the ass. And he went flying forward right in front of the skate park. <laughs> and I never seen anybody like he's a big guy, and he he like just fell down up so fast. <laughs> Everyone's all laughing at him, kind of thing. Like everyone's yeah. And then he like same day he wiped out. He hit a pothole. He tried to hop over it, and it caught the tire cut, and he went skidding out there. And then we got to my sister's, and her and I went hiking. And I come back, and he's road rash all over his face. <laughs> he's like, I'm like, what the hell happened, you know? And his toe was split in half. He was chasing my nephew down the hallway in the trailer, and he there was a washer and dryer on either side of the bathroom. And he hit his toe and split oh. it in half, and oh. he can't handle the sight of his own blood, even though he's a tattooist. That's weird. That's a weird thing. Yeah, so he, yeah. he fell, he passed out. Like, he was pouring water in this toilet, and then he opened up the back door no stairs and he just timber like face planted right out we it took us three months to find his glass embedded into the ground <laughs> yeah, he had to grow out his, his piercing out his lip ring and oh yeah. well what did he mean to you which i can answer which is is your baby daddy obviously yeah, he's my first love first love really yeah. okay so you would how old were you guys I was uh, 21 when I started dating. Well, no wonder you're riding BMX. I was going to say you probably were driving too, though, then, back then, too. Yeah. Well, the Chevy little van. Is that the little hippie van wagon? Thing? Yeah. Yeah, there was oh, no windows. Bad. It was spray foamed on the inside. Oh, uh, the bubble it's window? Really... When it's the bubble window? Yeah. And everyone yeah. had it with the swivel seat? Yeah. They yeah, I know. Yeah. They had wicked service just a minute. But... Yeah, everyone had those vans when I was a kid. You can hear nothing in it. Like, you couldn't even hear the stereo. It's like a freaking giant sub box. Oh, yeah. It was, it was okay. loud. It was so, loud. It was good. Spray phone's really good. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Are you comfortable? Can we talk about his death? How did he die? I just spoke with my daughter a half hour ago, and she said she talked to him yesterday, and he, she told him how she was going to be taking me into detox this week, and he was like, oh, that's good, and it was all, he was really happy and wanted me to phone him, and then I guess they found him this morning, and I guess he had yeah. overdosed. He did coke, I think, or meth, and there was uh, fentanyl in it. There he must have been, do, because there's been a lot of that. Do, yeah. Yeah. I think 2014, they brought in so much W18, which is a thousand times stronger than carfentanil. It's brown, oh, and they I brought know. it in in those big drums, like, you know, those big... So no. they had to get rid of it somehow, I think, and they put it through everything. That stuff, like, literally, I prove... Like, I watch people die and come back, like, 16 hours later. What would you ask him if he was here today? Oh, i just ask him to forgive me, you know? 
Well, I'm sure he does, Jim. Don't ever take that. But, like, you tell me you love him, obviously, I guess, right? Same, yeah, all that stuff. But maybe we'll go see him or something. Maybe I'll come out there when you go to treatment. I'm going to come with you, I think, because that's a good reason. And I'll stick by her so I don't leave you out there. Because we were talking about going out to Lethbridge to go for a bit to treatment. So maybe we'll go do that. And maybe we'll see his grave on the way back. We'll visit my sister and meet my family and stuff. Stay out there for a day or two. What do you miss about him the most? Which, this is kind of tough, man. Jamie, I'm sorry, sweetie. But it just it all it all happened. What do you miss about him the most? Well, obviously, the kid's father. Right? Yeah. And that, uh, like, he, he was reaching just out. I'm sure that stuff. He, right? was, he was just as if not more than me. Like, he was just down to earth like my mom's first like memory of him would be us pulling up in his big thunderbird and that trunk was huge that that boat was huge like we beat streetcars with nitrous and that we beat them in races but he pulled up with like 800 dollars booze in that trunk and she's like come to mama <laughs> i had my buddy frenchie there that night too that was my 21st birthday <laughs> i only remember doing a shot of uh, jack daniels that's i got pictures oh, you have to show me them one day. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think would want to be remembered? By being a good dad, good tattoo artist? Good tattoo artist, loving father. Like, he was a romance. Eh? You wouldn't think he was, like, with his spikes and his spike bracelet and, or whatever and a big long black trench. But he brought me on our first year anniversary a ring on a stick of candy. Aww. Like, every week he would bring me a dozen roses or something. Me to the most nicest restaurants. Like, but I lived like a queen when I was with him for five years. Like, we had the nicest houses and just. Can you talk about the biggest obstacles Tiny overcame in life? We'd probably be drinking and I'd think using it. Yep. Probably crash. Had told her that he was clean. They were clean. He was clean, and he wanted to reach out to her. Yeah, he actually started to really talk to Autumn. Like he left her life for seven years straight. Like um, when she was two, three years old, he left for seven years. Like first he left for a full month, and then he come back with a ring tattooed. Was there anything you and Tiny disagreed or fought about or fought over? Oh, he was a pathological liar. <laughs> and I'm sure over the kids. You guys have argued over your little one, I'm sure. And yeah, stuff, right? well, he, he, he told me he believed in the Lord, but he didn't. Like, What about Tiny makes you smile? His uh, tattooer, his, when he sees his daughter, like, Autumn would only go to sleep on him. Like, he, I'd have to wait till he get home at 11 o'clock at night, and then, she, like, he'd hold her, and boom, she'd be out. He, she wouldn't burp. She'd only burp for him. Yeah, well, Garth Stern, he was a burping machine. And, like, scared. tried to protect me and stuff, but I'd end up fighting everybody and stuff. What was your relationship like? Obviously, good. Like, you guys relatively had a good relationship together, right? Sim- yeah, somewhat, but he, uh, we drifted apart. When he moved out to Edmonton, and he got another girlfriend, and she's kind of kept him away from us, and she's je- really jealous of Autumn and stuff. Like, Autumn went out there... Yeah. Try to turn the kids on you kind of thing, like, same thing? Like, yeah. same as she spent more time with her than she did with him. What so did like, Tiny look like? He was a redhead, he had a long red goatee, and he never had a mustache. He had a lip earring, piercing, like, ear to... So a, a, a punk rock Dan without a hair lip and big. Uh, he and had an eyeball, eyeball on his hand, right here. Really? A, spider web on, a spider web on his hand when we got a tattoo shop out in Fernie here. I mean, well, you, $1,000 you know. a day. It was really yeah. good. $1,000 a day. Yeah. Did he have any favorite jokes he used to tell? 
Yeah, a few of them. Anyone you can tell it's not too out of bounds here? Do this weird thing with his mouth. Mm, make him look like a freaking bunny rabbit or something. We that's kind of ideal, though, yeah. Acid, yeah we do acid mushrooms quite a bit, so like when you do that, it just tripped me right out. <laughs> right. I don't know, he'd always be like, he he wore uh, after I'd awed him from the from the hospital. He wore my slip my like those freaking shoes they give you, like the hats or whatever. But they're shoes for the yeah. like, the doctor. Yeah, detox Reebok. We call this. He put it on his head, and so he's like thought he was just the funniest thing ever. And then I remember that other that song, whip it, whip it good. And he's just like. We're driving, his foot's just pumping, and he's like six foot three, two hundred and sixty pounds with tatties everywhere. He's like, wait it. What were Tiny's hopes and dreams for the future? Can you answer that? For one? his daughter to pick up his trade, be tattooist to Autumn. That's her dream. She, anyways, I know. She's a good artist. Yeah, and but he really wanted to be into in his daughter's life, his kid's life. Like he always sent to child support to his ex, and the ex's or his daughter's name is Taylor, and mm-hmm. his oldest daughter. She lives mm-hmm. on the island. I don't know where she lives now, but she's a few years older than Autumn. What has helped you the most in your grief? Nothing yet. No. <laughs> just, well, no, but talking about it. Talking about him. Yeah, talking it. about it right now on this. He really wanted me to get clean. Did he have any pet names for you? Just James. Or Beautiful. Always. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. Is there a particular lesson learned from the deceased? Did you learn oh, anything? Life's too short. Yes, no doubt. Like if you uh, had one moment, one opportunity, seize everything you ever wanted for one moment, would you capture it or just want to sit, you know? Yeah, Eminem says it the best, doesn't he? What words would you describe his character? Well, he was outgoing, very funny sense of humor. He had a lot of friends, very well respected. Well, like, he just had a lot of respect, I guess, for, for his art and for his attitude, I guess. Yeah. So how would you describe the seat's personality, your tiny's personality? How would you describe oh, very, it? Very, very, very dry sense of humor, but like, he showed me Rippin' Friends, like, I don't know if you've ever seen them. The cartoon, or Beavis and Butthead, he loved the Future Cat, I don't know, they're just funny. Rippin' Friends was one of his favorite shows, like, that's like Beavis and Butthead kind of thing. But, I don't know, he's just like a kid, like a big, big kid. <laughs> yeah, and he really knew how to... Freaking like tattoo. <laughs> I've never had mine touched up. They're all colors still in them from 20 years ago. Okay, so how did you meet? We did, oh, we met in the bar. The Dirty Bird. Or the Dirty Bird. Goose Looney's, we call it. Yeah, his best friend wanted, it was a ladies' night. His best friend wanted to, uh, I guess, date me. So he, he got Tim to come up to me. And then I thought, well, he like shook my hand. He's like, Tim, and then turns around and walks away. I'm like, fuck this guy. So then I was like, well, he's an asshole. I'm going to make him this guy laugh, you know, if he seemed like a just real grouchy kind of guy, but he wasn't. Like, he's was actually pretty. Like, I fell in love with him right when he took me to the, the tattoo shop and started tattooing me. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, so scared to get tattooed. It was awesome. Okay, what particular time you recalled Tiny was especially joyful? When we were eating food. He was a good cook. Super good cook. Like he made, he taught me how to make portobello stuffed mushrooms, stuffed green peppers. He taught me a lot of stuff like uh, sauteing mushrooms in brown sugar and butter and garlic for three hours. Put them on your, on your steak. 
Mm. Like, he was a really good cook. Really good cook. What time Tiny was embarrassed? A time when Tiny was embarrassed. That's what it says. Sorry, I'm bad. Oh, actually, we went out. Uh, his buddy shot a seven-point buck elk, an elk, and we had to mm -hmm. pack this meat out because he should. So we had to hike in like uh, two kilometers or something in, and each of us took turns guarding the carcass while they packed meat out. But he, well, we sat there with the gun, and his friend went with the one pack. We sat there and sawed each horn off, like each antler off instead of the skull. I'm like, don't, I wouldn't be doing that. Oh no, I'm like, he's gonna be freaking mad, man. Like, you don't freaking do that. You at least saw the head off. He, I bet you wanted to keep the head, like it was a seven point buck. This thing was huge. Well, you should, you should, and you bury the skull, usually they do, right? They take the yeah. skull and bury it. Oh, and then they oh yeah, it. he was mad. He was so mad. He was so mad. And he made him come over and uh, <laughs> yeah, drill them back on. <laughs> he really? He made him put it back on? He's freaking always joke. That's hilarious. Did you have any more funny stories about you and him? We went camping out in the Crow's Nest Pass, at the Crow's Nest Pass River. And it was the day after, like Monday we went camping. It was May Long, just after May Long. So there was nobody there. <laughs> Not a soul in sight. And they sat up all night drinking with the music playing. And I told them to not do that, at least run the vehicle. Well, they killed the battery. So there, there was a guy that come by on his quad luckily and him and byron took a ride into uh Blairmore, and we didn't see them all day all day like this was a morning time they didn't get back till 10 o'clock at night if you could drop by and visit tomorrow what would be the ideal day spent together look like what would it look like probably going on a trip or a camping trip or something camping I'm going out to my mom's and going out to lake and my family had loved him that brings us to the end of this episode of the Unsilencing Stories podcast. To listen to more interviews in the series, please go to www.unsilencingstories.com. And if you'd like to share your thoughts on the episode, message us at unsilencingstories at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and please share the project of other people you know.